Greetings, everyone. It's Chris Denman, and We Are Live is coming up in just a moment. Wanted to take a quick second to thank all of you for subscribing to the new YouTube channel. Right now, it's Media Outlaws, so be sure you subscribe on YouTube. Got a lot of cool things going on. Big shout-out to Matt McElrath and the team of people that make it possible. Uh, I'm here at Midcoast Studio. It is uh, it's March currently, and we're dealing with the corona stuff, and... It's scary, but I think we're going to make it through, um, so everybody just be careful, you know, be smart, all the uh, precautions you feel like you need to take, so hope everyone is uh, affected by it as little as possible, but I uh, wanted to do a quick thank you to a bunch of our sponsors. As you know, we've got the, uh, we've had the $1,000 karaoke challenge at 1860's Bar and Saloon in the game room going on. That's been an absolute blast. Everybody's been wonderful for that, and big thanks to Jack Daniels, Tennessee Apple for that and for making it possible. Uh, we've had an absolute blast with that. If you do a karaoke competition, you kind of get worried. People are going to get nasty, whatever else. I don't know what about it, but everybody's been super cool. And uh, as we record this, we'll be giving away our $1,000 prize tonight at 1860s. Uh, so thank you again to Jack Daniels, Tennessee Apple, 1860s. Uh, be sure to support them because they make things like that possible. Other thank yous, Gateway Powder Coating has been with us for a while. They're going to continue working with us. They do wonderful work. They're the number one powder coating resource in the Midwest. Check them out, gatewaypowdercoat.com. Our friends at St. Louis Counseling Services, check out Mental Health Matters, their podcast. You can see it on the website, St. Louis Counseling Services. Uh, does wonderful work, and uh, they've been helping out in St. Louis for a very long time. So contact them for any counseling needs you may have. Our friends at Sophie's, that's right. Jack Daniels made that possible. Sophie's right here in Grand Center in St. Louis, 3224 Locust. We do free comedy each and every Thursday. So big thanks to them and all of our other wonderful supporters. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcasts, make sure you're taking care of that. Also, quick note, if you're looking to podcast in the St. Louis area, we produce several shows here. They all go very smooth. I'm really proud of everybody who's recording here. It's been a consistent push as we grow this uh, network of friends, kind of just doing what we love. A little podcasting, a little conversation, and we do it for you. That's right. Uh, some conversations uh, are going to continue happening. We're going to keep these uh, We Are Live episodes with myself, Chris Denman, pushing forward. We're going to get a live stream kicking off with our guy Matt next week. We've got all kinds of fun conversations. Beth Stelling is supposed to come by. Uh, as of today, it's Thursday, so she'll be here the Friday after. I'm sure you guys can check that out as well. She's at Helium all weekend long. So again, support the comedy shows we do, support the events. We've got Target Practice presented by Jack Daniels on March 28th. Obviously, we're going to keep the health concerns in uh, check when we do that, but you can get tickets online if for some reason, health-related or other, uh, there's a cancellation or push. Your tickets will still be good for the next show. So always got to be fair with that. But huge show coming up. That's March 28th. we got eight comics, Target Practice, Rose Show. I'll be hosting that. It'll be a hell of a time. So without further ado, enjoy the show. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live.
We are live, Chris Denman at Midcoast Studio in Grand Tenor in St. Louis, Missouri. Got my old friend Buzz from Buzz's Wine Grill in studio. Wanted to chat it up. It's about to be food truck season. Thought I'd have Buzz stop by for some fun one-on-one conversation. Great to see you. You look festive. Aloha. I appreciate the shirt. It's very on brand, and and I appreciate that about you. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so, Buzz, you're a uh, Food Truck Awareness Month champion. You were recently on a nationally, internationally aired TV show, probably. Yeah. What's it like being such a big star now, man? It's uh, surreal. I mean, I, <laughs> I have to say that it People still hasn't you sunk in. in yeah. You know, it's kind of like <laughs> they filmed, it aired. I just keep trucking on, and uh, I, I like get texts all the time. Just watch you on the food truck channel uh, or on Hi. the uh, on the on the cooking channel. For, for one the, guy told me he was tired of seeing me. I'm on all the time. I'm like, <laughs> maybe you watch less TV. Turn it man. off. Yeah. That that is. Let's jump right into that. So, if for people that don't know, tell them what show you were on, and let's jump into the process. Like that's actually pretty interesting because a lot more people, obviously with reality TV these days, can say they've been on TV, but not everybody knows the process it goes through. Right. Right. I mean, um, out of the blue, we got a phone call mm-hmm. uh, from uh, one of the uh, producers of the show. Yeah, and it is. What's the name of the show? Food Truck Nation. Food Truck Nation mm-hmm. uh, with um, Chef Brad Miller. Okay. Um, and it's on the Cooking Channel. Yeah. And so the producer contacted us and said that uh, they were coming to St. Louis and they were wanting to film a couple trucks and that we were, you know, recommended to them and they wanted to do some research. So they started looking and digging into, you know, two of our uh, dishes that they felt were on their radar was our uh, Kahlua pig. Uh, smoked pig, uh, mm-hmm. Hawaiian style, and then our poke. So they were intrigued that here in the Midwest there would be a, a Hawaiian did, style food truck. Did they think they were going to show up and it was like gas station sushi in a truck or something? Like I don't know what their expectation yeah. was, but they, uh, you know, definitely from what I can tell, they were impressed with our efforts to be authentic. You yeah, know, the uh, the ingredients, the recipes, um, my adherence to what i know mm-hmm. from living in hawaii and i have children there and we go back all the time is the the food truck i mean not the food truck scene but the plate lunch scene yeah that dates back into the 1940s 50s what so you lived in in hawaii and then obviously you still have family there um you pride yourself as having as good or even better than times uh, at times hawaiian food than you would get in hawaii well, I don't claim that. <laughs> you, I mean, My goal kinda... would be to have authentic what if I was, uh, if somebody lived in Hawaii, moved back to the mainland, mm-hmm. somebody who was born and raised in Hawaii is living in the mainland. Right. There's more people from Hawaii, born and raised in Hawaii, living in St. Louis than we really realized. The mm-hmm. food truck kind of brought them all out of the woodwork. Yeah, uh, Military people who have been stationed in Hawaii all those demographics get hooked on Hawaiian food. And mm-hmm. when they move to other parts of the world, they're lost. They they miss those dishes, the local moco plate lunches, um, the chicken yakitori, the teriyaki steak sandwiches. It's just a, there's a whole group of food that are unique to the Hawaiian plate lunch scene that you can't find outside of Hawaii. Is that because it is such a unique mix of so many different styles or, or cultures or, I mean, and then, yeah, the, uh, yeah. you know, dating back into the plantation era of Hawaii before it was even a state, uh, one of the 50 states is mm-hmm. that they were, um, the plantations, the pineapple and the sugar canes, and they had immigrants from Puerto Rico. They mm-hmm. had the missionaries from the New England states. They had a lot of, uh, shipping trade coming in from, um, South America coming around the Cape, there was no Panama Canal mm-hmm. up along, you know, the western coast of California, picking up the, you know, the Mexican cuisine, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, cuisine from the northwest of America. Okay. And then you also had the immigrants from China, Taiwan, Korea, Japan, the Philippines, also all coming in as workers of the plantations, bringing their food with them mm-hmm. and uh, not necessarily having all the ingredients they needed from their home countries and having to improvise. So, yeah. you know, the food in, you know, the Filipino food in Hawaii uh, historically has a little bit of a twist to it because it doesn't have all the native spices right. from the Philippines or from Korea. So mm-hmm. it does have no, a little that makes sense. 
No, I, I'm curious too. So, how long did you live in Hawaii? I was there for six years. Six years, yeah. gotcha. And then you just did you just become obsessed with the food because your your background's in aviation. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I was an air traffic controller at Honolulu International. Right. Hence the name Buzz. Yes. He doesn't, uh, just, he doesn't just walk around semi-drunk all the time. No, <laughs> or buzzed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I lived on the North Shore uh -huh. uh, in Laie, yeah. uh, which is just uh, you're um, immersed into the local scene. You're away from Honolulu. You're away from the tourism. Uh, but I would drive every day an hour or more depending on traffic mm -hmm. um, to Honolulu International, which is on the complete opposite side of the island. Yeah. And uh, so my days off and my afternoons and things like that were on the North Shore, um, enjoying the local lifestyle, the fishing with my brother-in-law, uh, Richard, under, learning um, about, you know, the local food, but mainly, right. you know, from the Laie drive to downtown, I'm passing all different parts of Oahu, mm -hmm. you know, and they're, they're kind of like in St. Louis, we have the segregation of the different parts of, um, of the city where, you know, we say, well, this is where, you know, the hill is where the mm -hmm. Italians were, and this is where the Croatians were, and this is Germantown, and this is Dogtown for the Irish, you know, Oahu in other parts of the islands are kind of the same way where they'll have areas that are more concentrated in uh, Koreans or mm -hmm. more concentrated in Japanese. And along the way, you're hitting different restaurants, you know, and some of those are those plate lunches that I was talking about, yeah. you know, so I have my favorite plate lunch spots Right, right, right. that when we go back, we have to go uh, visit, you know, of um, course, yeah, yeah, Rainbow Cafe and Zippy's. Places like that, Leonard's Malasadas, which is the uh, fat Tuesday um, donuts. P uh, they're Portuguese oh, okay. donuts, but they yeah. were brought to the islands by Leonard's Bakery, which was is a Portuguese family. Interesting. Yeah. That adds to the to the flavor. I wouldn't even think about Portuguese influence in, in Hawaiian food. It's, but, it's very so, large. Yeah. Which, yeah. 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 So, okay. So you're, so you make it to St. Louis, you've got the truck. Do you find it to be difficult as a small business owner to produce that authenticity? Um, the ingredients are a little tough. You know, we like for our poke, we fly in uh, the red ogo seaweed from Kahuku. Which is uh, not done. No, <laughs> yeah. there's nobody else that even understands that that's a uh, necessary ingredient right. to poke. Um, is seaweed. So of some sort, it doesn't all have to be from red ogo, but yeah. uh, that's what we prefer that's what we used mm -hmm. um so what is it is that harvested is that come from yeah it's ocean? actually farmed okay uh, yeah i was gonna say there's a um high-tech agriculture marine agriculture farm mm -hmm. up by uh, kahuku in the uh, where the shrimp uh farms are so up in the uh north as far as you can go north on oahu mm -hmm. there are shrimp farms and prawn farms and when I was living there in the 80s, those things were brand new. Yeah. And they just had a shack out on Cam Highway, which is short for Kamehameha Highway. Mm -hmm. It goes all the way around the island. And it's, uh, they're just a shack. And you just stop by and you could buy shrimp by the pound. <laughs> yeah. Sounds so nice. It's yeah. grown to this massive in industry now. Right. If you get on Google Maps and look at the area I'm talking about, you can see the, the, the ponds. And there's just yeah. tons of these ponds. Well, it's... It's grown into also an agriculture of different types of seaweed, right? And and uh, what's called sea asparagus, and then that's shipped, you know, all around the world, and um, so that's where we get it from. You know, it's legit stuff, and no, that's that, that makes sense. Yeah, and but that that's something that you go out of your way to do, and it's, uh, knowing you as a person, and then as people are listening, um, you'll kind of see like that's what that's who you are. Like that's what you have to do. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna call out of respect for the culture and everything else, you're not going to call yourself Buzz's Hawaiian Grill and do it half-assed. Right. I mean, it's not like a mainland version. You're going to do the Hawaiian version. That's correct. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the whole point of it is that when locals, uh, Hawaiian locals, come to the truck mm -hmm. and... They taste the food and like, oh, brother, you just you took me back. You know, it's I've been <laughs> Does in it the take you back hearing a Hawaiian like accent almost. Right? Oh, I, yeah, I love yeah, it. You know, it's called it's pigeon, like, oh. you know, okay, and yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, there's just a connection there. Mm -hmm. And when I moved there, I didn't understand it. 
Right. I mean, I, I, I literally didn't just that I didn't understand what people were saying. Yeah. I didn't understand why they spoke that way. Mm-hmm. And in some instances, you could almost, I say almost, I'm trying to be almost polite to myself, mm-hmm. be condescending, mm-hmm. think you're better than them because of the, how they're not speaking proper English. Right. That's such an ignorant viewpoint, you know, mm-hmm. and now I'm a defender of that, a yeah. defender in the sense of once you live there and you know the people and you understand the culture, mm-hmm. you really get that that's part of their life, right? That's their dialect. Yeah. It's not something they should be judged by. Yeah. It has nothing to do with their intelligence. And then once you get to that point where you truly understand that and embrace that, then it's something that you revel. It's almost like a spice in the food. When somebody is a local and they take our poke and mm-hmm. they eat it and they say, oh, Brada, this is, I haven't had this in eight years since I left the oh, islands. Yeah, because you don't think about that. That's your whole Then home. I know I'm succeeding. It's tough to get back there. That's, that's the impression I was trying to have on the Midwest is for people to understand what the Hawaiian cuisine was. I was my background is not culinary. Uh, culinary. Yeah. It's not. You know, it was more me saying to myself, I'm tired of living in St. Louis and nobody knows what Hawaiian food is and how good it is. And when there is Born something Hawaiian, <laughs> when there is something Hawaiian, it's they've stuck a pineapple in mm. a chicken dish, mm-hmm. right? Or pineapple pizza, which is really Canadian. It was created by a Canadian pizzeria who took Canadian bacon and stuck pineapple on it. And in Canada, he called it Hawaiian style pizza. Now, you know, people in Hawaii don't eat pizza with pineapple, pineapple. on it. Yeah. Not necessarily. I right. Mean, like just like anywhere else. Yeah. Would, it didn't yeah. come from there. It's not some staple that Hawaiians grew up in. Oh, always Hawaiian pizza. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, when we think of toasted ravs and we, and when we talk about Buffalo wings coming mm-hmm. from Buffalo, they, th- those are legit. They came yeah. from those regions and you know, they get credit for that. Kansas city barbecue, South Carolina sure. barbecue is going to have coleslaw on it. Right. Yeah. Hawaiian pizza is not Hawaiian. Right. Right. And so what, my goal was to was to um, embrace the cuisine and to share it with St. Louis. I never envisioned that it would get the notoriety that it did, which is yeah. good because it furthers my cause. And it's and it's just the start, really. Like <clears throat> four years old, three years yeah, old. Yeah, three, three, three years old. That's crazy to think that you have. And again, too. It's all relative, right? Like, I mean, it can all go away. All, all the, how the business goes, like all that stuff. But right. uh, it is crazy to think that uh, something that started as not your normal career that you jumped into and you went head on into it. And technically, could you retire right now if you wanted to? Oh, yeah. My wife has retired. Is- and That's is begging me to retire so that we could move back to Hawaii. Yeah. And you're like, my work's not done. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> they don't quite get it yet. You need, yeah. Need I'm not more. finished. I have more to, yeah. to explore. I mean, so with like, with, so operating out of the, the St. Louis area, what have you seen in your time on the food truck scene? Um, Cause if you go back, I don't know. Um, we'll say, 12 to 15 years ago, food trucks were maybe cool in California, but they weren't what they are now. They were something that pulled up to a construction site that you bought frozen food off of, right? Right. Like yeah. that's, that's kind of what most food trucks or most people's thoughts of food trucks were. I'm sure there were plenty of cool hip spots, but they weren't, it wasn't the big phenomenon that it is now. And then now, and you're part of the food truck association here. You said there's over 50 trucks in that association, and that's in the St. Louis area alone. Right. Plenty more that aren't part of that, I'm right. sure. Um, what has changed the most in your time on the food truck scene? Because I almost wonder, did it peak, and then now it's down here? Is it leveled out? Is it growing? Like right. where, where is it in St. Louis right now? Yeah, I think in St. Louis, just you know, talking about our home I mean, it's embraced. Home city. Yeah. It is embraced. And you know, you see the Food Truck Friday uh, events and there's large crowds. They do a great job of that. Um, yeah, they do. And it's the season's coming. We're excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the slam events at the St. Louis Art Museum movie yeah. night mm-hmm. are very popular. Um, we're starting to see, you know, more and more uh, Cities like St. Charles have events, and, yeah. but they're 
they're definitely in their infancy. Right. Um, and I'm speaking from a consumer's point of view on that as much as I am from a food truck owner, operator mm-hmm. point of view. Is that um, when in, in Hawaii, on the uh, Leonard's Malasadas, I talked about them. Mm-hmm. They have a bakery downtown Honolulu. That is just, you go there in the line, you know, to get donuts. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to wait 30 minutes or more in line. It's that, it's that big of a spot. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a it's, staple. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and they had a food truck, red and white stripe food truck, in the late 70s. And uh, when I lived on the North Shore in the early 80s, um, you know, there was nothing better than seeing the Leonard's truck in the Safeway uh, shop <laughs> and save parking on. lot, you yeah. know, you know, and, uh, because you're on your way to work and there it is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> got to stop because I don't have time to go to... Right. I don't have time to go down by Waikiki yeah. uh, and, and pick up <laughs> what the good stuff. But yeah. there it is, you know, right. and they're making them fresh right there on the truck. And um, and that whole that whole scene has morphed. I talked about the shrimp shack mm-hmm. um, in Kahuku. Now there's a well-established for, you know, multiple years, uh, the shrimp truck scene. Right, that's <laughs> so funny. Just blown up. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's walking. It's it's literally a walk across the street from my grandchildren's high school. Oh, very nice. And they just, you know, you can just walk across the street, and there's this uh, food truck park. Yeah, yeah. You know, and when I say food truck park, I don't mean this luxurious park. I just mean trucks are parked. <laughs> 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 They're there every yeah. day. There's they don't a... move. Mm-hmm. They've built pavilions for people to sit and eat. Yeah. And go eat shrimp right? Uh, from the Kahuku shrimp trucks. Um, Giovanni's is probably one of the, the most well-known garlic shrimp. And so uh, in Lent every year here in St. Louis, we offer gar- garlic shrimp. Nice. We don't carry it all year long. Um, it's a big seller. Got to be. It's a big se- It yeah. is. And it's a delicious. <laughs> I mean, Whatever. we just love the garlic so- uh, sauce that we make yeah. on rice is delicious. But, right. you know, you throw in some protein. There's got some shrimp got to be in there. Yeah. Um, the St. Saint- Louis being so Catholic is something like I'll just always assume everywhere I go, like, that fish is sold everywhere during yeah. during Lent season. No, right. it's not. This it's is not. the most Catholic area. Like, it's crazy how that... It's just something that's just normal to us. Yeah. yeah. So that we, we feature the, the garlic shrimp during Lent because mm-hmm. it's a good time to get out of that winter food where we carry thing, heavier things like a paniolo chili. Uh, paniolos are the cowboys that mm-hmm. came from Mexico and Southern California to tame the wild steer on the big island, okay. w- which was dropped off by Captain Vancouver. <laughs> and they just ran feral and just breeded like crazy went crazy on the big island and so they ended up bringing over a hundred years later they brought over cowboys from mexico and southern california to teach the hawaiians how to ranch how to you know boy you don't wrangle them up and you you kind of glaze over that if you're just listening but so deer are a problem enough like when there's heavily populated areas of humans deer are one thing and they can kill you if you run over. Like, you can crash, and a big deer will take out a whole vehicle. Right. Now, times that deer times 10. Yeah. <laughs> in size, potential yeah. aggression, other right. things. Again, say what you will, but yeah. you Bulls get a bunch gone of people, crazy. <laughs> you don't, no, you don't want to be out walking your dog, and a freaking 1,200-pound beast that doesn't care for you is right. around the corner. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. True, but we're talking about an era when there was not yet automobiles sure. yeah, and yeah, people yeah. were not out there walking their dogs <laughs> right yeah yeah uh, it was you know it was in the 1900s right. and they brought over the cowboys who brought over chili um and you mix together the portuguese you mentioned you not realize yeah so a huge dish in hawaii is portuguese bean soup okay using portuguese sausage yeah that you can't find pretty much anywhere even the even a, a lot of the east coast of america who has Portuguese population aren't using the Portuguese sausage from Portugal and not from what Hawaiians use as Portuguese sausage. Interesting. And the Portuguese sausage, the Portuguese bean soup. Yeah. And then that Portuguese sausage being used in Chile Mm -hmm. from the cowboys uh, trying to basically take the spices they could find and yep. the meats they could find and come up and with adapting. the chili. Yeah. And, you know, a Paniolo chili was born in Hawaii. 
and we serve it in the winter time. Right. Um, and then we morph into the garlic shrimp in the in the um, Lent, and then we do the fish tacos uh, during the summer. And people come in November, December, and it's like. I like to order finished tacos and we're like, ah, that's a summer dish. We're a food truck. We, we don't have unlimited right. space on the truck. So, you know, we rotate our dishes seasonally in order to give people a variety and a different taste of Hawaii. Um, and, you know, the, back to the, the Portuguese sausage, if you go to McDonald's in Hawaii and you get a breakfast meal, mm -hmm. you can, you'll get it with Portuguese sausage. <laughs> <laughs> a nice surprise for you when you're over there. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Like, I oh, mean, hey. it's like yeah. <laughs> grandkids come here to visit right. and yep. there we go to have McDonald's breakfast. Or what? No <laughs> Portuguese sausage? It's like, man, yeah, that's just hey, in Hawaii. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, wait, so as a food truck owner is uh is having to be mindful of your space and your food that you're bringing, expiration, all that stuff. Do you think that helps just makes you think more or is that a super hindrance that makes things really difficult? Well, I think every restaurant operation Absolutely. Um, has those challenges. Um, you know, they might have a, you know, a special and if the special is very popular, they run out of that. Yeah. You know, and if it's not very popular, it gets to the end. It's like, now what do we do? Salmon we have another special. We salmon, grind the meat. <laughs> salmon soup. Huh? Yeah. We, <laughs> you see a lot of soup specials we, after we, Lent. Yeah. We yeah. say, uh, we smoked the salmon and yeah. now we didn't sell it all. Let's right. make it into it's salad. A bed of spinach now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I think all restaurants kind of have that challenge mm -hmm. of being strategic. Right. In your, both in your planning and your execution. Mm -hmm. The challenge that a food truck has is that you uh one don't have the the meal service that a restaurant put, has potentially has right and you also are you know don't have the space the service space right you know so you know if you just had your full kitchen we have a commissary in brentwood um and where we do most of our food prep and our food storage if we had that size kitchen to operate out of you know we could offer it more on a regular Fired basis up, yeah right but because we're going to take it onto the food truck where we have limited refrigeration space we have limited cook health standards and we, yeah we have health standards yeah. that we you know shall meet and so it does you know change things we can't have garlic shrimp all the time and we also there's also an expectation with food trucks to turn meals fast even faster than fast food i i agree yeah. i mean People are physically standing and waiting, and I think that makes it yeah, more Yeah, and they, like, for some reason, yeah. think that food trucks are going to be faster than McDonald's, you That's know? Right. And it's like, we do our best, yeah. but if you want an egg on your kimchi fried rice, an egg's going to take three or four minutes, sure. you know, unless we just botch it yeah you know you want ready. we want a we want a nice egg yeah Over easy egg, you want a nice right. sunny up yeah. egg so that, you know, the yolk spills, and I mean, that takes some time absolutely you know so there's there's some challenges you know everybody a lot of the the majority of food truck uh delivery time is lunch and people are on a tight lunch right and so Man, so true you want to give them some of those customized features but you also have that time crunch you're trying to because uh, there's realities there is it. a reality so that they only have with maybe 30 minutes and for lunch where do you make a large portion of your sales corporate campuses right and who's the most strict about lunch and that right corporate campus <laughs> exactly right. yeah. yeah so it's, so it's something where they're going to look at you they're like i have 17 minutes you better get this baby out like, yes yeah that's how so it works one of the things that we've done to combat that challenge because mm -hmm. that's how I, I i look at a lot of that stuff is like it's a challenge that as the owner of the business i yeah. get to come up with the solution how do we make that work in our favor is we now have order ahead and nice. i mean a true order ahead not just hey text your order to me and is that how does that work they pay obviously yeah right? they, uh, they we have an online menu yeah. that they go on to it opens just up queues up it uh you know we we set it the morning of mm -hmm. but ordering doesn't start until the window opens so Got if it. we're scheduled to serve lunch from 11 to 1 the order ahead's not going to start until one o'clock and then they go on. We have a very sophisticated menu that allows them to pretty much customize everything they could do if they were in person. We've tried to think of everything that everybody ever asked yeah. for. If they want an egg, you know, there's an additional fee. What type of egg do you want? Do you want it over easy hard? Do you want it over easy? Do you want it over easy? Mm -hmm. Or I'm sorry, sunny side up. 
Interesting. You know, do you want certain sauces on the side? Do you want to add a slice of fried spam? Uh, do you want extra meat? Do you want extra mac salad? Do you want to upgrade to Hawaiian fried rice from instead of just the regular white rice? All that is on there so that they can place their order from their cell phone or from their computer. Mm -hmm. And then we send them back a pickup time, an estimated time. We can say, okay, we estimate it'll be done in 10 minutes. And then when it's actually ready, we, they get another notification. It's ready for pickup. And then that way they can maximize their lunch experience. They can just walk down to the truck. We already have it bagged up. Right. They pick it up. They go back to their desk. They haven't stood in line waiting. Yeah. They're, you know, they're 10th in line. And then they want a sunny side up egg. <laughs> I mean, think about how crazy all the work that goes into this. That's a software developer, an application developer had to make that. And you're operating on yeah. small margins, man. You got to... Right. Pay attention to every penny in that. And we, we looked hard at the, you know, the other ones, the Grub Hubs and the mm -hmm. Uber Eats and things like that. We couldn't find anybody who really catered to food trucks. Interesting, um, yeah. yeah, we, you know, we there thought, are differences like that people don't realize. Yeah. There is, you know, they Health want you to be a brick and mortar, yeah. uh, even though they call me every day wanting me to sign up. Right. When we really get into the weeds of, of setting up a, a system, they're like, oh, yeah, you can't be a truck that moves around all the time we need to know where you're going to be every day yeah it's like yeah we'll see that's why we're Thanks not the call. stop calling <laughs> you hear that uber yeah that's right stop calling so we, we i mean it's it's we just don't fit their model yeah and uh we found a system that does fit our model mm -hmm. and it's working well but it hasn't caught on in, uh, in my What's mind it it's just called order ahead it's on our oh. it's on our website Easy you enough. know yeah yeah or it's on street food finder you know you'll see a big banner next to our name that says order now right and um you know we're we're gonna use it this summer mm -hmm. to just park our truck uh and have like dinner service and people can just order ahead if they you know they could be ordering from driving down the road yeah and they can order and just drive up pick it up and go take just it home rock it out you know that's fantastic so in regards to what you want to do with buzzes hawaiian grill how do you want to expand do you have expansion plans i mean it, it, at a certain point so i see it it doesn't always work um with restaurants in st louis it's like okay whenever so you have your staples and it's like they're obviously anchored and right maybe they'll figure out a way to put their sauce in a grocery store or something like that but there's always try and always expand past your walls right whether that's you, you whatever so with food trucks especially yours it's unique uh, feels like, uh, you know, you've got, you're growing, you're in year four. What do you want to do? Is it brick and mortar? Is it another truck? Like what's the plan for right. you? Yeah. So I'm not in this to get rich. Um, so I don't intend to over expand. Mm -hmm. um, is, I mean, that's uh, ultimately, that's the thing. When you see a, a, a local place start, they're risking saying, Hey, we think this concept's going to work in another neighborhood. Let's right. go for it. Which is fairly common sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but right that feels like the only way to really skyrocket things yeah, yeah. well there i'm constantly being advised by um friends mm -hmm. um to have a brick and mortar yeah and um i'd be lying to say you know i'm not always looking around for the perfect brick and mortar spot for me yeah you know the one that's got the feel to it that i want i want yeah. something local you want it to feel organic. like it's in hawaii uh, it'd be nice, you know, yeah. I know that we can dress it up to feel like Hawaii and yeah. I don't just mean like putting, you know, fake Peaky banana trees in it yeah, or something, yeah. you know, I'm talking about what would it look like if you walked into, you know, a Hawaiian plate lunch place, yeah. you know, it's not going to be fancy, it doesn't need to be fancy. Right. Um, the main thing is that it's got the, 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 the feel, the atmosphere, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that it's got the, the, the food that people are expecting. But yeah. we want a place that's got a patio. We yeah. want a place that can take, you know, how can I'm going to have to incorporate drinks in, right? Oh, yeah. You got to have some, eating some pina coladas yeah. and Mai Tais. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, some Hawaiian Kona beer and things like that there you go. would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but we're not in a hurry. I don't know if it will ever happen. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's it's got to it's got to be the the right thing. It's you know, it's commitment that it's a lot you know right now like i said i'm being tugged uh <laughs> like why do we have a food truck let's 
<laughs> Let's go yeah. visit the grandkids. Your, your main competition is Let's, other trucks. It's yeah. your wife telling you to quit. <laughs> Let's go lay at the hooky lao. Why do we got to yeah. be here That's fair. shoveling uh, food out the window? Right, and I'm like, right. because I really enjoy it. And I yeah. love the feedback that we get. And we're not done. As much as you know, you might think that we've reached this level of notoriety mm-hmm. and the, you know, the, the cooking channel has certainly helped that. Um, it's still amazing how many people in St. Louis have never heard of us. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree. And, yeah. and have never, and if they've heard of us, haven't experienced the food and we want them to experience the difference. What is good poke? Mm-hmm. What is good Kahlua pig? Smoked pig that we do is not the same as all the other smoked pork in this barbecue, you know, area that we live in. Yeah. Because we're How doing it Hawaiian style. We're rubbing it down in uh, Hawaiian alea salt. Um, we're letting it kind of cure in that salt for a day. We're wrapping it in banana leaves. We're smoking it over kiave wood. Yeah. And it's got a completely different flavor to it than what you would think of Southern, you know, pulled pork. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want people to experience that. And we... And that's what actually fuels me is that somebody will say, oh, your poke is better than anything we ever had. So that's because it is poke. I mean, it, it is Hawaiian style, the way you would find it being prepared in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, we're not a sushi restaurant restaurant who just happens to have all the ingredients to make poke, but we don't know how to make poke. We're just going to. Does that, is that pretty common, you see? Oh, absolutely. In St. Louis or everywhere? I think everywhere, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, people will cut it up in squares. Yeah, poke. Yeah, and they call it poke, you know. Right. It's more of a salad. It's yeah. not really a Hawaiian style. I've, uh, I've ordered poke at one other place, and I won't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I love your poke so much. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah. the spicy uh, is the way to go. But I did that, and I'm not even picking on them. I was just like, no, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even have... Family members who yeah. will grab poke at some, you know, other place mm-hmm. and they're just like, I couldn't finish it. Really? And I'm like, I know. Yeah. I, and that's what I want to do is I want to spoil people to know what does it taste like, you know? And, and that's your Auth- effort paying off too. Authentic ingredients, authentic uh, um, preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, w- we would go out fishing in inner tubes <laughs> and sometimes on a boat. Yeah. Um, off a lay lay point and you ever see any of those man-sized sharks out there oh yeah absolutely oh yeah and barracuda uh and eels and that's uh, the thing we're all like oh man oh but sharks like barracuda matched up too (laughs) and uh we would catch fish yeah by the net pull it up into the boat or up into the inner tube sometimes and we would cut it up and eat it right there really i mean to us that was poke just cubed live fish with shoyu sauce which is soy wow. shoyu sauce and that's all you got on you you may not even have that you might just have seaweed that you grabbed out of the ocean and some fish <laughs> and that's what you make it out of now that's, that's the most basic poke yeah. you can ever think of right but you know the the big poke scene in hawaii is you go into iga or to food land mm-hmm. those are the kind of our schnooks and yeah. deerbergs sure uh, uh on the islands and in the deli section, they'll have um, containers full of different styles of poke. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So they're going to have ahi poke. They're going to have, which is, you know, the base, most basic Kanaka style. Kanaka mm-hmm. being meaning local. Yeah. Then you're going to have maybe hamachi uh, poke. You're going to have taco poke. Taco is octopus. Um, and you could have spicy ahi uh, they're going to have all these tubs, just like in Hawaii. I mean, in St. Louis, you go in and you say, I want some, you know, mustard choli and I want some uh, yeah. potato salad. In Hawaii, you can walk in and you can say, okay, I need some, uh, I need a half a pound of Kanaka style and I want a quarter pound of taco poke. Very nice. Take it home. Yeah. Everybody grinds on it in the car. <laughs> Take it to the beach. Right. You know, just move it around. Eat it with your musubi. <laughs> Now we're talking, yeah, let's talk about this musubi. That's, uh, mm-hmm. explain, if, if you guys haven't heard of this, it sounds like the word's funny, and then if you saw it, you'd be like, what is happening here? And then you'd eat it, and you'd be like, I need seven of these. So yeah. It's one of your more popular dishes. Yes, it is. Or um, items, I should say. So when we first started the musubi, cra- uh, so let's, I'll describe what it is first. Mm-hmm. Musubi is a um, little block <laughs> of it looks like it. It looks like a kid took 
something and it said make what looks like an ice cream sandwich yeah <laughs> it's what it looks like where they're like make it out of that cardboard or that construction yeah. paper uh, okay and then they move that like it's it, basically it's, like a you look at spam it like, sushi roll basically and you, you know? use the seaweed paper so right? yeah. yeah that's the nori that you wrap it in mm -hmm. and so it's a bed of rice and then a layer of sweet pancake uh mm -hmm. sweet uh egg pancake yeah uh and then you put in a slice of fried marinated teriyaki marinated spam and then another layer of rice it's, and then you wrap that all in a nori sheet paper yeah and it is a meal to go and and it's funny too is that if you hear spam and go oh oh yeah shut up yeah <laughs> stop it this right is better now. than bacon you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> these things are amazing but yeah and you run through those so fat and they're, they're you have to hand roll them and all yeah that. It takes a while every to make, morning sure. yeah. um you know and when we go to scott air force base we sell 40 of them yeah um they're just so they when we first started you know we'd show up at like wells fargo and nobody knew what they were and mm -hmm. we we started cutting them up into halves and quarters and giving them away so that people could at least just taste them yeah. before you know it they're selling right. um and now people will show up at the truck and say you know at like 12 o'clock and they're like um, i'd like two musubi and i'm like, oh, sorry we're all sold out they're like, oh, okay, and they walk away. It's like, that's it. That's all you wanted really? was musubi. <laughs> that's poke yeah. yeah. Musa, you got to get here early oh, for man. the musubi. And we we are we are both restricted by the time limits of what time you have to get up mm -hmm. in the morning to start making them. Right. To how many you can actually get done. Yeah. So when people say, well, if you're going to sell out by noon, why don't you just make twice as many? It's like, right. well, we're already getting up at like four in the morning. Yeah. To start them, you know, so yeah. limited return on that. Yeah, you don't there is too much. And yeah. there's times that we, you know, we make thirty and we, you know, end up taking six home and handing them out to yeah. neighbors and friends and people who appreciate them. First, first one's free, right, Buzz? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, before... but our next our next product like that is the Manapua. Okay. Uh, Manapua is a steamed bao bun. That's got char siu pork, a Chinese barbecue inside. Mm -hmm. um, it's not really like the the Chinese uh, version of it. It's Hawaiian, um, and it's steamed, and it looks like a big dome. It's just beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and you eat one, and you're just like, I gotta have more. <laughs> and Libby's Libby's Manapua on Kalihi Street on yeah. Oahu was one of my favorite stops. Yeah, uh, to zoom on my way to work, zoom by. Libby's and pick up a box of Manapua, take those to work, share them with maybe one. <laughs> no, I'd share it with, uh, with coworkers. Other yeah. people do the same thing. They'd show right. up one day and they'd have a pink box of from Libby's. You know what was up. And I just heard from my daughter like a couple months ago that Libby's was closing. I'm like, this place Here. is a it's national a treasure. Yeah, just done with the business. When I first started going to Libby's, they were this... I mean, little teeny shack with a screen door that was cocked with a spring on it, you know? Yeah. And by noon every day, they're closed. So if you don't get there by noon, the monopoles are all gone. So then across the street, they're building this new factory brick, um, you know, cinder block factory. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they were going to just, you know, uh, triple their, their, their capacity. Guess what? Still, if you're not there by like one o'clock, gone. Really? To hear that they're closing, I'm like, what? Yeah. How could they not like, sell, sell that to something. somebody? Yeah. Or where are the kids? I yeah. mean, it's amazing. I I don't know where where we'll that will end up. Yeah. But when we land at Honolulu International, the Libby's is only ten minutes away, and so the kids. Are you gonna be able we're to all used to last time or? They're closed. Oh, it's done, done. It's done. I'm going yeah. back in May Yeah. for uh, my grandson graduating from Kahuku. Can't oh, wait to go for that. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then we're going to jump over to uh, Kauai and visit a friend. And then Do it right. And then we're going to come back for the graduation luau. And, uh, you know, I can't can't wait. You better get somebody to start running your truck. You're going to get dragged out there before <laughs> too long. Um, real quick, before we get out of here. And I didn't want to forget earlier, you were talking about uh, potential expansion. We didn't really kind of button that up. You had talked about brick and mortar. I think I mentioned the second truck. Are you going to do that at all? We are. We we bought a small truck. Um, How small? Uh, half the size of the original truck. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the advantage or disadvantage? What's, what's the reasoning for that? 
It was available? Or? It was available. Okay, I didn't know um, that was like a strategy. And, and I, I didn't want to necessarily go into a full second truck. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted something that we could do. We want to emphasize kind of the in Hawaii, they have what's called the poo-poos. Mm-hmm. You know, you heard of the poo-poo platter, mm-hmm. which is basically appetizers. Yeah. You know, but I wanted to kind of go into uh, the the fried donuts, the malasadas. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then maybe have uh, some other... Uh, our Dole Whip, which is our oh, frozen, yeah. uh, you That's know, the real deal. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a frozen orange. Um, we freeze it kind of like a, a, a custard cup. Yeah, you know, and more of a, you know, kind of a dessert sweet truck, but also be able to use it for our as our catering truck for small events. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know? So we needed something that was small enough that we can just, you know, have pop up events. Yeah. Uh, and do maybe do shave ice do. Do the Dole Whip, do the Malasadas. Now who's um, gonna? You can't drive both at the same time. No, no, we have to. We're expanding. Expanding, you know? good. Yeah. yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah, you yeah. know. So that's something that we're currently um, building out that truck, mm-hmm. and um, hope to get it out there this summer. And then uh, catering is a big one that really is growing for us. I would. Yeah, that's a great way to expand too. Just I mean, events, etc. Everybody a thinks it's cool when you have a food truck cater something for whatever reason. Right. Um, it is cool, but there's like an extra love to it. Yeah. Um, so the catering part was it weddings and stuff during the summer? What do you? Weddings, anniversaries, birthdays. Yeah. You know, a lot of times there's people who are celebrating. Um, not too many of those. Uh, yeah. well, <laughs> haven't had it's a, a new market. Yeah, yeah I haven't <laughs> had a single one of those. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know it's act it's. it's it's festivals that they want to have a luau right. presence, you know, yeah. that they, they either they were married in Hawaii, they honeymooned in Hawaii. Uh, it's yeah. their anniversary. They're going to be married in, in honeymoon. We've had, yeah. in, we've had engagement parties so where they're going the to theme. Hawaii yeah. to, uh, to get married, like a destination wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a, a big market in Hawaii is, or a big celebration in Hawaii is a uh, baby's first birthday. Oh, okay. So kind of like the, the christening happening around the first birthday oh, and they have okay. a birthday luau and that's big. And so and there's more than we're just talking about St. Louis, but there's more people that are native Hawaiian that are here than you would ever think. That's too. correct. So yeah. they are going to f- seek you out for those events. They are. But, traditions. but yeah. uh, like in one case, we had a couple who got, they, they, they were married in St. Louis. They, they went to Hawaii on their honeymoon mm-hmm. and, um, they stumbled across a baby's first luau and they thought, you know, well, this is the coolest thing ever. There's this big, there's a park with a big party going on and they ask what's, what's this, what's going on? And they're like, Oh, this is, you know, this is Lonnie's Lonnie's first birthday party. They're like, wow. (laughs) So now they're back in St. Louis. They have a baby Uh, baby gets to their first birthday and they say, Hey, let's do a baby luau. So they did a big luau and, uh, That's fun to be a part of too. That you're literally tied to people's life events. Yeah, um, you know that's why. You know, I don't know that I'll ever want to just pack it up. I'll have to die first. Um, <laughs> well, you got the two trucks. Now, we have and the the catering. And so everything, much, so. you know, s- still to do, and yeah. you know, and basically to give. That's what you know. I and that's the thing too that people can say that all they want, but you know, I see the way you work, so it's mm-hmm. it's nice to have the authenticity behind that. Yeah, when you when you love what you do, you you get that extra energy to to get up. You know, pushing forward. Um, right? Sixty years old, I could be retired. You know, <laughs> eating lunch at noon out there, <laughs> eating out lunch, there. eating lunch at ten, yeah. eating dinner at five, <laughs> watching you're, you're out there the news and going to bed, sweating in a food truck. Mm. Yeah, but I just. I just don't see it being any other way. Um, well, don't stop, you know, <laughs> and it's, I love it's, your food. Yeah, we go to other restaurants and stuff and I yeah. appreciate what they're doing right. uh, and the hard work that it takes yeah. every day to do it. And, um, you know, the bad weather, that's the thing that probably in St. Louis, we get a lot of clouds in the winter and we yeah. get a, a, the cold. People won't go outside. And so we really storm cut back season, our, yeah, really? storm season. Yeah. We cut back our schedule quite a bit in the winter time. And well, we get a lot of calls, you know, like, yeah. you know, this is when you ought to have a brick and mortar because I really, I can't wait until March to eat. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we really don't crank up our schedule until March. Yeah. We go to Wash U every Tuesday, Wash U Medical every Tuesday. And we go to Scott yeah. every Thursday. And outside of that, in the wintertime, we don't do a whole lot. Really? Just because 
we just find our that's a you know we find that we go and there's just not enough sales yeah to justify the effort right um, and so we concentrate more that's on the catering yeah. and the delivery the food delivery to office parks without actually taking out the truck mm -hmm. during the winter time yeah. and then you know i'm as anxious as anybody for the season to get better and yeah. the food truck to get out right but st louis is kind of a fair weather city we're not you know in hawaii you just walk around in the rain because it's still warm yeah out you know you're at the beach in the rain it doesn't matter because it's warm <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. the rain's going to pass true you know in st louis it's cloudy for months on end and people get kind of down they do and it's something that like it's for a place that it's very normal for it to rain people still treat it like they haven't seen it before so yeah yeah it's not fun to deal with but yeah. either way but we love st louis so you know absolutely um, yeah but you wouldn't be busting your tail if you if you didn't right I mean, yeah. the, the amount of work that goes into what you do. What Anything else we need to know before you take off? No. Just, we covered uh, a lot, man. Probably uh, right now, you know, we uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Hit the Instagram. Yeah. We're up for uh, Sauce Magazine's Food Truck, or the Reader's Choice. That's awesome. Um, award, and we're in the finalists for the Food Truck Division. Go vote for Buzz. And then uh, St. Louis Magazine has their Reader's Choice coming out yeah. in just uh, like a week or so. That's exciting. And we're in the uh, finalists, the final five for Poke. Uh, so we need votes there. Um, anything anything less would be false. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You need to win that. We, I, I would like to win that because it would be some type of validation that yeah. we're on the right track. Um, but we're basically up against brick and mortars that have a established, established clientele. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not going to be heartbroken if we don't. I know our poke is stellar. You can't, you um, can't match up. Yeah, yeah, and once you taste it, you won't go back. That works, um, man. But it'd be nice to have that validation, you yeah. know. Well, get out there and vote for Buzz. Absolutely. And we love St. Louis Magazine as well. Um, be sure, again, check out Buzz's website. You can see all the locations where he's going to be, all that good stuff, catering, all that. Man, thank you for coming in, dude. Thank you. Always a pleasure. It's uh, Chris Timmon. We are live. If you haven't yet, make sure you review on iTunes and uh, subscribe to the channel. It's called Media Outlaws. We're looking at uh, maybe some changes to that. But for now, go subscribe on YouTube and check out the uh, We Are Live Facebook. So. Facebook, YouTube, whatever's happening. Follow everywhere. Do everything. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live.